0: sing together in just a moment but first we have some special young folks are going to come and sing a song Today is mother's day and so i'd just like for all the ladies of the church to stand ladies would you stand yes that's it all right guys can we just give them all a hand thank you thank you thank you you may be seated so proud of all of you and proud of our moms those who are with us and those who've gone on and wait for us in glory i want you to pray for these kids this morning and listen tight
1: I think he She'd be a kazooly there if only she got paid. I thank God for her each day. She really is a bomb. And I love her because she's my mom. The teacher, the maid, all in one. All that she brought from perfect, my mom I never change. She would be because I'm still if only she got paid.
0: Amen. Hey, just remain standing. You're going to be there in just a minute anyway. Just say, hey, aren't these kids great? They did a fantastic job today. I know that their mothers are excited because all of them had sugar highs when they came in today. And it carried through. We're so grateful. I want us to join our voices together this morning singing, Come Thou Fount, Come Thou King.
2: Sung by flaming tongues of hope, praise the mountain, fixed upon it, mount of the Now your grace is always with me and I My, my
0: know the bible says let the redeemed of the lord say so and that's what we're doing this morning in the singing of our songs our praise and our worship to him we're telling the world that we're his redeemed and you know we call on that name that is above all names the name of jesus you know there really is something about that name because it's by that name that people are saved it's by that name that we continue to be sustained through the times of this world, no matter what that can be. And today we have living testimony in, in this place of that. Jean Hill is here today. And she just had surgery a little while ago. And she's here today. And thank God. Now listen, we can do better than this. We're giving God praise this morning. Let me hear you put your hands together and thank Him for doing a work in her life. Ah, there is a truth that's older than the ages. There is a promise of things yet to be. There is one born of our salvation, Jesus. Jesus.
2: There is a truth older than the ages. There is a promise of things yet to come. There is one born for our salvation. Say it. Jesus. There is a light that overwhelms the darkness. There is a kingdom that forever reigns. There is freedom from the chains that bind us. Jesus, Jesus. We
0: I am going away to prepare a place for you, that where I am, there you may be also. And He is the way, the truth, and the life. Sing at church.
2: One day we will see face to face Jesus, is there a greater vision of grace? And in a moment we shall be changed. In a moment we shall be changed. In a moment we shall be changed on that day when we all. Thank you.
0: you for that day that's coming we'll sing and shout the victory but lord we can do it now because you rule and you reign in our lives and in this church and lord i pray it will never be any other way i pray that when the evil one attempts to attack one of us or the body as a whole that you will ban him away from this place and even now i pray that you would do that very thing lord we we have come to connect with you here Connecting upward with you here and now. So will you empower your servant, your messenger now, hide him behind the cross that we may only see Jesus. We love you. We thank you for loving us. In Jesus' sweet and powerful name, amen. You may be seated.
3: Man, Thank you, friend. Amen. Well, good morning, church. It's so good to see each of you, and I'll just echo some of the same sentiments that already been shared today. Uh, Happy Mother's Day, and for all the moms, you know, today's a good day for many. Today's not a good day for many. And you know, I've learned over the years that, that there are times that we celebrate and things are really good, but sometimes in a day like today, there are some folks that maybe today doesn't feel all that special. There's some wounds, there's some hurts, there's some pains, and that can happen for a variety of reasons. But So I want you to know this. For all the moms that are here today, and today's going to be a good day, and you're going to get to celebrate with family, I want you ladies to know that maybe it's not such a good day. I want you to know, I prayed for you all the way from Columbia, literally, from Columbia all the way, To more today and so I want you to know that you are loved and you are cared for and 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 even if you sense a little pain and uh, maybe there's a dream that got crushed and maybe there's a dream that never was fulfilled I want you to know listen to me that does not identify you Your identity is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so my prayer, my hope today is that you will just feel His love, and you will feel His closeness and His presence, and that the Lord would uh, just give you the desire of your heart. Well, we're in Nehemiah chapter 2. So good to see each of you. If you're a guest today, it's so good to see you. And uh, Miss Betty, Don Forster, it is so good to see you, friend. My soul, my soul. Time out right quick. Time out. I got some friends up there, alright? And uh, it is so good to see you too today. Just makes my heart uh, pitter-patter and thump-thump-thump, Alright? Do not ask those two people any questions about me today, alright? So, uh, they can tell you a lot. We are in the book of Nehemiah. We're going to be in chapter 2 today, and today's about faith. And I want to unpack Nehemiah chapter 2 with a thought of faith. F-A-I-T-H. Faith. One of the themes that you see in this second chapter is Nehemiah has been praying and and you see the effects of that prayer life being played out in the fact that there's something that hasn't happened, but he believes it's going to happen. Tony Evans once said this. He said, faith is acting like something is so when it's not so in order that it will be so just because God said so. He went on to say this, in order to have faith, you have to know the truth. And you have to respond to it. Even having a lot of faith doesn't help you if your faith isn't connected to the truth. Faith is only as valuable as the thing it's connected to. And so today, I hope that your faith is connected to the one true vine. I hope that your faith is connected to the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the one that we just sang about. Hey, right now we're walking by faith, but one day we're going to walk by sight, right? And until that day happens, we are going to be a people that are filled with faith and our object of faith can't just be a building, can't be a structure, can't be a program can't be a person, can't can't be nothing less than Jesus Himself. He is to be the object of our faith. And so I love the fact, you know, Hebrews 11 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not Seen. So faith is trusting God and acting on it regardless of the circumstances. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter what you think. Faith lets us know that we can't. But faith says that God can. Somebody say amen. amen. And so that's what we're going to look at today. I pretty much have preached the message. We could say I could just say amen and go home right now. But you're not getting out that quick, all right? So if you have found your place, Nehemiah chapter 2, I want to preach today on believe God for the impossible. Believe God for the impossible. And so if you have found your place, I want you to stand with me, hold your Bible up, and say these words with me. This is the Bible. It's God's holy, infallible, inerrant, perfect, life-giving, life-changing Word. Nehemiah chapter 2. In the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes... When wine was before him, I took up the wine and gave it to the king. Now, I had not been sad in his presence. And the king said to me, why is your face sad, seeing that you are not sick? This is nothing but sadness of a heart that I was very much afraid. And I said to the king, let the king live forever. Why should not my face be sad? When the city, the place of my father's graves, lies in ruins and the gates have been destroyed by fire. Then the king said to me, what are you requesting? So I prayed. To the God of heaven. Have you ever been somewhere and just on the fly, you maybe didn't pray out loud, but you just started praying to yourself. You know what I'm saying? You're praying. You're not saying anything out loud. That's where Nehemiah is at. He begins to pray. So I prayed to the God of heaven and I said to the king, if it pleases the king and if your servant has found favor in your sight, that you send me to Judah, the city of my father's grave, that I may rebuild it. And the king said to me, the king sitting beside him, how long will you be gone and when will you return? So it pleased the king to send me when I had given him a time. And I said to the king, if it pleases the king, let letters be given me to the governors of the province beyond the river that they may let me pass through until I come to Judah. And a letter to Asaph, the king of the king's forest, or the keeper of the king's forest, that he may give me timber to make beams for the gates of the fortress of the temple and for the wall of the city and for the house that I shall occupy. And the king granted me what I ask for. The good hand of my God was upon me. Father, thank you for today. God, I thank you so much for Brother Scott, these musicians, our praise team, the choir. God, those precious children that sang today. Lord, it's just been so good. We've been blessed. We've been encouraged, God. We've just been strengthened today. Thank you that we just get to sing about you and to think about heaven and to think about all that Jesus has done that we could have a home in heaven eternal beyond the skies where everything is perfect and good and righteous. And holy, where there will be no more anxiety and no more fear and no more death and no more sickness. God, thank you that we have such a hope today. And Lord, I pray that You would cause us now just to sit in Your presence. And as we do, I pray that the Word of God, this Old Testament passage, God would just come alive to us today. God, let us see faith for what it is. And God, let us see ourselves, God, understanding who You are and what You are doing and trusting You to let You do what You need to do in us. And so, Lord, we're going to look today about the ministry of waiting. God, teach us what it means to really wait by faith and to trust you. And we ask it in the name that is above every other name, the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated. There are three things that I want to point out today. Number one, here it is. And and, and to be honest, this first one you you might overlook if you're not careful. It's in the first verse. And it's simply these words. In the month of Nisan. Say, Ken, now wait a minute. That just seems crazy. You're going to pull something out of those words in the month of Nisan? I sure am. Because in chapter 1, he said, now it happened in the month of Chislev. Chapter 2, verse 1, in the month of Nisan. In other words, four months has passed. Do you look at the calendar, four months have passed. So here's point number one. Faith teaches you to wait and to believe that God is in control. Church, let me tell you something. Faith and trusting God, patience, are inseparably connected. How many of you love Patience. Now here's the deal. I pray for patience because the Bible says you have not because you ask not. My wife on the other hand says don't pray for patience because God's going to test you for them. All right. So I don't know who's right. I don't know who's wrong in that. All right. But here's what I do know. Faith teaches you to wait. James chapter two or, or uh, chapter one rather. Listen to these words, familiar words. Can it all joy my brothers when you meet various trials? For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect, complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously with all, without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, For the one who douses like a wave of the sea that is driven, tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. So God uses time. God uses these moments in our life when he seems to be incredibly quiet. Has God ever been quiet to you? You've prayed for something, you've longed for something, and it seems like heaven has just been just silent. Heaven has just been still. Let me tell you, sometimes that is exactly what God wants to happen. Every trial becomes a test of our faith, designed to strengthen us as a believer. It's a time of persevering. It's a time of testing. It's a time of to, to, to understand that we can't budge until God moves first in His appointed time. So what you have in chapter two, as it begins to open up, is this picture of waiting. In chapter one, he weeps and prays. Now he waits and prays. Psalm 46:10 says, "Be still and know that I am God." Ruth. Chapter 3, verse 18 says, Sit still, my daughter. Waiting has a unique ministry. Most of us in this room had rather work than wait. We don't like being still. We don't like waiting. But I want you to understand the Bible is full of promises to those who wait. How many of you want to be blessed? Raise your hand. Would you want God to bless you? All right, I got a word for you. Isaiah. Uh, I mean, Psalm 41 says this I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined to me, and He heard my cry. Isaiah 38 Therefore, the Lord will wait that He may be gracious to you. Blessed are those who wait for Him. You'd probably like to know God's goodness. Lamentations 3.25 says, The Lord is good to those who wait for Him. You probably need your strength renewed. Isaiah 40.31 says, But those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Isaiah 25.9 says, We have waited for Him. We will be glad and rejoice in His salvation. Philippians 1, 6 says that God has started a perfect work and He is going to complete it. So sometimes, God demonstrates faith, great faith, by making us wait. Now that was a great blessing to everyone here, wasn't it? It's one of the things I think that we absolutely push against so hard with God. I think culturally, we are living in a day where nobody wants to wait on anything. And we think everything is an emergency. And we push a panic button and we push a panic button. Let me tell you something, church. Listen to me. If everything is an emergency, then nothing is an emergency. And faith is not an excuse to just do anything. Listen, when you wait upon the Lord, that is God's way of investing himself in you and in your circumstance that he can show you something greater than you could ever have imagined. God's timing is perfect. I, y'all know this, I met my sweetheart at North Greenville. And uh, I, I, when I knew, I knew. Pat didn't know as quick as I knew. And for months and months, I would look at Pat and I would say, Pat, I love you. And she would say, well, I'm glad you do. I mean, I, I mean, I, I had to wait. And it finally happened. It finally happened on the steps of Whitehall. I, I said to her, I love you. And she said, I love you. And I said, boom, shakalaka. I knew... It was done. It was done. But I'm telling you, I had to wait. I had to wait. I had to persevere. I had to trust and I had to believe. God, are you sure? And I'm I'm telling you, the Spirit of God was like, She is the one I have ordained for you. Wait, wait, wait. You've gone through some hard times as a church. doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. And there's things that you want to see God do, right? Some of you are in a holding pattern right now. Maybe the whole church is in a holding pattern. And some of us don't like to be in a holding pattern. Because we think nothing is happening. Can I just tell you something? When you walk by faith, you understand that even when we don't see something, God's moving. God's working behind the scene. And so, when you wait on the Lord in prayer, and this is what this is what Nehemiah is doing. So for four months he's been weeping and praying. For four months now he is waiting and praying and trusting. Point number two: faith teaches you to ask and keep on asking. So in chapter 1, he's praying. He he has a conversation with his brother. And his brother says, here's all the bad things are happening in Jerusalem. And it breaks his heart. And this burden, he takes his burden to the Lord. And so almost all of the majority of chapter 1 is Nehemiah praying. Chapter 2, he's still praying. He is still trusting. Faith teaches you to ask. And keep on asking. Look at verse 4. Then the king said to me, What are you requesting? So I prayed to the God of heaven. Faith teaches you to pray. Faith teaches you to trust. Faith teaches you to believe something is going to happen even when you don't see it happening. That's faith. I've watched this play out in my own life. Most of you know that, that we do have eight kids. Seth. Seth, Stephen, Sarah, Silas, Samuel, Simon, Sean, and Susanna Okay So after Sean Pat's doctor said Okay, that's it, no more babies Prolapse, all the kind of stuff So ladies, you, you get all that, right so, so, no more babies And we have believed that God was sovereign over the womb Now you don't have to agree You don't have to agree with our stance But we believe God was sovereign over the womb That's why we had a gang of kids Alright and so, so, but we had prayed, Lord, make it crystal clear when the last one comes and we will have no doubt whether or not our family should get any bigger. Well, when we heard that news that Pat could not, you know, have another baby, that was pretty much the answer. We, we, we thought, okay, that's the answer right there. So we were at peace with that. We brought all the kids together and we explained to them what's going on. But our daughter, Sarah, six boys, and at that time, six boys, one girl. She stiff-armed us. And she said, absolutely not. Mom's going to have a baby because I've prayed for a sister. Now, what do you do with that, parent? The doctor says you can't have any more kids. It's physically impossible. You, 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 you're not going to have another baby. And you try to explain to your kids, we're not going to have another baby. And then I, then I tried to... You know, you're always trying to spin something, Right? And so then I tried to spin it. Well, honey, you're the rose among the thorns. I mean, I tried to spin it every way possible, and it did not work. My daughter, Sarah, looked at me, and she said, Dad, you've taught us to pray, and you've taught us to believe. Do you remember the swing set? Didn't have a swing set. They started praying for a swing set, and one day, guess what showed up? A swing set. I said, I know, honey, but you know what? I don't know what to say other than we're just going to have to trust the Lord. Just got to trust the Lord. Well, that didn't work. Because she walked away saying, well, I'm still praying. So it's time for Pat to go have some surgery. And she goes to pre-op. And uh, she goes. They do the blood work and all that kind of stuff. She comes back home. And they call us from the doctor's office and say, hey, we got a problem. And I thought, "Uh uh-oh, new job. New insurance. Insurance is not going to cover it. And they said, no, it's not your insurance. That's not the the problem. Uh, And we're really not even sure how to tell you this. You're pregnant. You feel what I'm trying to say today? My daughter understood something that even I didn't understand. Faith teaches you to ask and to keep on asking. Listen to what what is recorded for us in Matthew. Ask, and it will be given you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. and The one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will give him a serpent? If then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? Faith is absolutely dependent on prayer. No prayer, no faith. But you pray and believe, you can have the faith that can move mountains. So what you have in Nehemiah chapter 2 is Nehemiah is a man who is praying by faith. And it's a biblical faith. He's praying in the will of God. He's praying about the plan of God. He's praying about the purposes of God. And now God is behind the scenes orchestrating all these things and even works in the heart of King Artaxerxes. And he looks at Nehemiah and says, You know what? You're sad. I've never seen you sad before. What's up? And then he told him. But Did you catch what he said? Then I prayed to the God of heaven. All right, Lord, he asked, and I'm going to tell him. And he just spilled the beans. He told him everything. And God so supernaturally worked in the heart of King Artaxerxes, he said, what do you need? He said, I need letters for security. I need some lumber to build. And I need a leave of absence. And do you know what you discover you discover that the very things that Nehemiah prayed for are the very things that the king granted. He gave him a leave of absence. He gave him a letter of authority so that he would not be touched. And then he he told the lumberyard to give Nehemiah everything he needed to build. And by the time you get to verse 9 in the latter chapter, you discover that the king sent some guards just in case the letter wasn't enough. Do you know that faith, when you begin to ask God things in faith, God just may give you more than you ask for. I love Ephesians 3.20. Now unto Him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could think or ask. God showed up and God showed out. God granted him more than Nehemiah even asked for. I'm telling you, if you as a body will learn to wait upon the Lord, take your needs and your prayers and your burdens to the Lord, and you don't get ahead of God and you don't drag behind God, but you let God do what God needs to do, I'm telling you, your prayer of faith is going to be answered and it may be better than you ever thought it could be. That's why it's okay to wait upon the Lord. Take a chill pill.
2: Relax.
3: Amen. Amen. Now, don't you feel better? Chill. Wait on the Lord. Nehemiah asked for three things and he got four. Last thing I want you to see is this faith challenges us to trust God to do the impossible. Faith challenges us to trust God to do the impossible. By by the time you get down into verse 11, I didn't read all the way through this, but by the time you get down to verse 9, now now they're getting ready to go over, right? Then I came to the governors and promised beyond the river and gave them the king's letters. Now the king had sent, you know, with me officers and the army and horsemen. He didn't ask for that, but he got it. But when Sanballat, now you got the now you got opposition. Now I'm not going to preach on this today because I'm going to preach on these three guys later. I'm going to give them their due. Let me suffice it by saying this: Listen closely. Any time there is spiritual advancement, there will always be satanic opposition. Okay. Now I don't know why that that surprises us. So I'm just going to go ahead and tell you now, don't be surprised as we are moving forward that the enemy wants us going backwards. So anytime there's spiritual advancement, you can bank on it, there's going to be some satanic opposition. And so Nehemiah was well aware of that. So by the time you get to verse 11, so I went to Jerusalem and there, he was there three days. Then I arose in the night and I had a few men with me and I told no one what God had put on my heart. Now that's pretty significant, isn't it? Most of the time, we can't keep our mouth shut. I'm, I'm guilty. If I'm thinking, it's, if, I, if, it, if it comes up, it's coming out with me, all right? I mean, it's, it's all I can do. I, I, I have a hard time with discipline there, all right? And, and so here is Nehemiah, and, and he is trusting God to do the impossible, yet he's been very quiet about it. And the Bible says he told nobody. And he goes out at night and he begins to to scout around. And he's looking. Now that tells me something about Nehemiah. He he wasn't about the center stage. He was okay being backstage. He didn't have to be out front necessarily. He understood what isolation is all about. He understood the loneliness of preparation. He's praying and he's planning. And I will tell you something. Listen... Walking by faith doesn't mean you just fly by the seat of your pants. By faith, God equips us to be organized. By faith, is you're trusting God, God can give you a plan. God can chart the course. So we don't have to come up with the course. God is able to give us exactly what we need. So He uses this Bible as a compass. He gives us a road map begins to mark that thing out. And that's what's going on with Nehemiah. That's what's happening with the listening sessions. That's what's happening with the transformational Focus team. And they did an awesome job last week. And we'll get together next week and do some more work there. But we're, 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 we're asking questions and we're thinking and we're dreaming. We're trying to, God, what are you doing? And where, where are you working? And what is our response in that? I just want you to know, when you're walking by faith, it doesn't mean that you fly by the seat of your pants. You with me? See, when I was growing up in church, that's what I really thought it meant. Because that's what I heard preached. Man, just walk by faith. Just walk by faith. And it was like jumping out into anything. And I'm telling you, I don't think that's faith. That's not biblical faith. And so Nehemiah kept a low profile. And so he's not trying to produce faith. But in the waiting, his faith is being produced and I think that's what God's looking for right now in this season and so Nehemiah later on he begins to declare now it's time to do something but there was preparation before it was time to start rebuilding the wall and that's where I want to stop today that's where I want to stop today make no mistake is God going to rebuild? yes but right now, I think it's the time when God is preparing. That God is speaking. God is, God is wanting us to trust Him so much that we are going to believe that as He sets the course that we are going to follow. So let me break that down just a little bit. You know, when I say that, I mean, that sounds kind of daunting, doesn't it? And, and almost to Sunday school. To Sunday school. So let me rephrase the question. What is it that you need God to do? What is it that you've been asking for? What is the thing that God has put a desire in you, but you haven't seen it come To fruition yet. And if you're not careful. The enemy will come. Just like Samballot, Tobiah and Geshem. And they will tell you. That God doesn't care about you. And I'm telling you. Even when God is silent. It doesn't mean. That he's lost your address. He knows where you are. He knows the need. As a matter of fact, he might be orchestrating something that's going to make you wait a little bit longer. Now, I bless nobody's heart just then, did I? Most of us have our focus on the problem. Most of us look through the lens of what we need. And I want you to hear me. God could be showing you what you think you need and what you think you want may be nothing more than an idol in your life. Because your focus doesn't need to be on the answer. Your focus needs to be on Jesus. Him. So in the waiting, can you, can you be content today that if God never answered, you would still keep your eyes on Him? That you would trust Him? That you would keep praying? That you would keep believing? If you never had the guarantee that you would ever see it, would you keep believing? That is biblical faith. God, I'm going to believe it even if I don't see it. I'm going to trust you for it. So I don't know what your issue is, but why don't you take it to Jesus today? You've been working yourself silly, trying to figure something out. And faith just told you, you can't. (laughs) You can't. But the Spirit of God says, I can. I can. So Lord, today, we come to You and I ask God that You just... Lord, let us just feel the weight of true faith today. To know, God, that You are not distant, but God, that You are close. God, you are fully aware of what each person in this building needs. God, you are fully aware of exactly what this body of believers need as a New Testament church. God, you are, you are fully aware. You, there, there is nothing that we could bring to you that would ever surprise you. God, you already know. And, Lord, it could be that you are orchestrating certain situations and things that, God, there's there's a time of growth. Lord, most of us, we don't mind. As long as you answer prayer, we're okay with it. It's like, Lord, if you say yes, it's okay. If you say no, it's okay. But, Lord, when you tell us to wait, God, when you want us to grow, Lord, sometimes we want to rebel against that. We want the quick fix. We don't like the feeling of being uncomfortable. Lord, we we want to be in control. And Lord, maybe today the Spirit of the Lord has shown someone that the greatest thing that they can do today is learn the ministry of waiting. And that God, you would deepen our prayer life. You would deepen our dependency upon you. That God, you would keep us from... Or I'm glad there's some prayers that you don't answer. I look back over my life, Lord, and there's things i prayed for, but I'm glad you answered them differently than you did. And I'm a blessed man because of it. But Lord, teach us to wait. We can be strengthened. Teach us to wait. God, we can gain knowledge. Teach us to wait. God, we can have Your blessing. God, teach us to wait. We can have Your favor. God, teach us to wait. And God, at just the right time, there is a work for us to do. But we cannot do the work... If we're not willing to let you prepare us for the work. And so God today, maybe somebody just needs to bring a situation to you. And truly give it to you. And God, we will not be obsessed with that thing, but we would just be obsessed with you. You being in your presence, sitting at your feet, being still and knowing that you are God and that you truly are enough. And so, Lord, in this time of commitment, you do what you will. God, maybe somebody needs to be saved today. Maybe somebody needs to join this church today. God, maybe many just need to come and pray and just lay some things down at your feet and trust you with it. So, Lord, whatever you want to do, God, you do it today and you bring honor and glory to your name. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. Brother Scott and our praise team are going to lead us. If you need me, I'll be here, but you may not need me at all. Maybe you want to come find a place around this altar just to pray. Maybe there's something that you just need to trust Jesus with today. He's asking you to come and wait and trust Him. Trust Him.
0: a cappella. Uh. Uh. this morning brother joey is going to be back at the welcome desk Um, if you are interested in finding out more about us who we are what we think what we do he can tell you all about it and maybe invite you to come to a class called ps101 that'll help you understand all about us a little better we'd love to get to know you on a more personable a more personal level as you leave today, going through the uh, doors, there will be some guys there to receive the offering. And then there is, uh, there are some boxes, uh, little black boxes that you can just drop your offering in if you're more comfortable with that. And in just a couple of weeks, about three weeks, is going to be Sacrifice Sunday. And what is God going to do on Sacrifice Sunday? Tell me, Joyce. To play our church on we're going to look forward to seeing what God will do about paying off this debt, and getting rid of that, and then see what he will have us to do next. I don't know about you, but for me it's been good to be been in the house of the Lord today. To realize that those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. What in the world is God going to do? Hold on. Hold on. I was watching a political rally the other day and I saw this song at the end. Hold on. I'm coming. And I believe God is just before doing big things in our midst. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for allowing us to be together. Lord, thank you for what we have heard and what we have felt that you have whispered in our ears, that you have shouted to our spirits that we might hear and obey. And Lord, again, we pray for your, we pray for you and you only, just you. Lord, I pray if there'd be anything or anybody that would get in the way of that, that you'll remove it or them. I pray that you will do things that we cannot even imagine. We can't even imagine, we can't think of it on our own because you just shower your goodness on this place, not for our sakes, but for yours and for the sake of those who are yet to know you. Father, we love you and we thank you for meeting with us today in Jesus' name.